Hello guys, welcome back to the Backmarkers F1 show. We're happy to have everybody back along here, Chris, Tyler, and Shaker, and recapping the Hungarian Grand Prix, and we thought that maybe we wouldn't get four good races in a row, but we got another good race in a row to lead us off into the summer break. We did, thank goodness. Um, it's nice to have some nice, good F1 racing. At the beginning of the season, you're like, oh no, this season's going to be awful. Yeah, especially um, after we were saying it was already over. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> said it was pretty bad. Well, it is pretty much over um still but at least we have some good racing up and down the field yeah I and mean, every i mean just dating back i get to the austrian grand prix we've had a little bit of everything some good wet races in germany some comeback drives in austria yeah good wheel-to-wheel racing in silverstone and now we had in hungary a a one-on-one battle that was the story of the race but was you know, throughout the whole race was very exciting. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, Ricardo did a really good job uh, in, you know, trying to pass Magnussen. But, uh, <laughs> we'll oh, no, not that. that battle. Oh, not that battle. Sorry. <laughs> there was a I'm, bigger battle than that. I was taking you seriously there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which one was it again? Um, but, yeah, uh, other than that, I mean, it, I heard some complaints about sort of the way the broadcast was cut because we didn't get to see the likes of Science. We didn't get to see sort of the battle with Pierre Gasly, which is which is fair. We it's haven't really seen much of Carlos Sainz, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always like that, though. It has been last. I mean, the German Grand Prix was well covered and uh, trying to cover like the back stuff, but like, yeah, not not this race as much for sure. That one, I, I they're excused for that one. There was so much going on that if you miss something, it's fine. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just so crazy. But yeah, I, I maybe would have liked to see a little bit more of the that battle toward the end of the race for you know sixth or seventh place, but that's all right. Um, so let's start sort of in chronological order. We'll go from the beginning of the race all the way until the end. And we can even start on the Saturday. It was a very f- special Saturday for Red Bull and obviously Max Verstappen taking mm-hmm. his first pole. He's 94, or at the time he was 93 races in, hadn't had a pole position yet. He had seven victories and multiple podiums. And that was really the one thing that he hadn't done yet. And it was kind of an unexpected pole position because Red Bull qualifying has always been one of their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And to be able to beat two of the Mercedes and two of the Ferrari was was pretty impressive. Yeah, one hundredth different driver as well to be on pole on in F one. Yeah, uh, which that's a stat he'll have forever, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, no, like you said, a little surprise. Um, you know the pace that he's been showing lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's the craziest thing that could have happened in qualifying. I think maybe if it was a Vettel getting podium, I'd be in, or not podium pole. Um, I'd be more surprised than, than Max getting pull. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way he's been driving and the way that Red Bull's been stuck to the to the track the past three four races uh, didn't surprise me as much as maybe it would have, you know, six seven races ago. Yeah, that's fair. I think we knew Ferrari was probably going to be out of it this weekend. Yeah, and it was very close. I mm-hmm. mean, when you looked at the sector comparisons between him and Valtteri. I mean, it was barely a tenth of a second, and it was very, very close toward the toward the final sector. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good step forward, though, for Red Bull, knowing that they can match Honda power for Mercedes power mm-hmm. in qualifying. Everybody knows about the quali modes and the party modes, etc. But now Honda has shown that they can deliver that power in qualifying. But <laughs> the race was a whole other <laughs> whole other story, and what you guys are talking about, even though it seemed like the last couple of races as things were getting closer. Mercedes have still got this championship mm-hmm. in the bag. And moving on to the race now, they kind of showed the mightiness of that Mercedes and the way that Hamilton came back. But 
getting to the start of the race, you were talking about how you missed the first, you know, 10, 15, 15 laps yeah, 10, or so. 15 laps or and so. you're like, what happened with Bottas? <laughs> <laughs> Started second. Like, you figured there was something, uh, figured something went down at that point. You guys were saying at first he hit Hamilton, and then it was uh, Charles Leclerc hitting him, and it's just bad luck, which... Yeah, that could have been pretty interesting if him and Hamilton actually, like, made contact, because there was... Maybe a millimeter between them, mm-hmm. um, and you know if if Hamilton knocks some of Bottas's front wing off, you're seeing most likely a puncture for Hamilton, and that's right. that's yeah. the race. That's for stopping with a win, easily. Yeah, um, but that's you know huge drama at Mercedes. Um, but by the skin of their teeth, they they missed it and it ended up being Charles Leclerc who got lucky not getting a puncture and mm-hmm. clipping off some of Valtteri's wing, which. Ruined Valtteri's race. He only finished eighth, I believe. He finished. I don't uh, think he got seventh at the end. I think he stayed eighth. He definitely didn't get the targeted six. No, he didn't. No, no. he yeah, he came in eighth. You're right. Eighth, yeah. yeah. So, not a uh, a good race for Valtteri. And now the question raises even more. I mean, Esteban Ocon's there. There's some people saying online, "Hey, give George Russell a chance." Oh Jesus! At Mercedes. <laughs> So there's silly seasons in full effect, and Valtteri has to be careful during this summer break. A good time for him to regroup mentally and come back in the second half of the season because Ocon's right there, and Russell could be right there as well, the way he's been performing as of late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we did a video earlier about silly season, and I think that we made the mistake. Baltas does not have a contract. Uh, no, for we did make a mistake there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, my our apologies for that one, but uh, it, it's difficult to sometimes figure out the whole contract situations with everybody. It's very, like, tight and secretive. Yeah, It's not easy as, as in other pro sports. But, yeah, now he's going into the summer break, and I think Total Wolf and Mercedes have sort of inferred that they're going to make a decision during the summer break. And, yeah, interesting with what they're going to go with. You've got Esteban Ocon, who they've been grooming for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But they've got a choice to make in terms of this partnership with Lewis Hamilton has been great. I mean, say what you want about Valtteri, but he's done a fantastic job in 2017 and in 2019 as well. I mean, he's won two races this year. He's got multiple pole positions out-qualifying Lewis Hamilton mm-hmm. at tracks where Lewis has dominated. Hungarian Ring, for example, Silverstone is another one. So... I think that Hamilton's obviously the clear number one. He's going to be at Mercedes for the next few years. Until he retires. Right. Yeah, Yeah. he's 100%. not going to go anywhere else. And do you want to sort of upset that balance by bringing in this young, hungry guy who might yes. not fall in line as Bottas <laughs> yes, has done? Do. Yes, you do. You make it exciting. Make him work for, sure. for it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. But we could have another – we could have a McLaren 2007 where the young Lewis Hamilton comes in against the – I mean, Fernando wasn't that old at the time, but experienced world champion, mm-hmm. and that rocked the whole boat at McLaren. So, I don't know. Personally, I think that Toto Wolff should just keep Valtteri in the seat because it's a perfect partnership for Lewis Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Valtteri plays an excellent role as a number two driver. He's capable of winning races. I think that this year's show, maybe he's not capable of winning a world championship. But you bring in Ocon, you've got a lot of uncertainty there. Just look at the whole Red Bull situation. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, if Valtteri does get cut from the Mercedes team, where does he go? Does he – I think an interesting spot for him to go would be Red Bull. Yes, Take Gasly's so. seat. But if that's not available, does he go back to Williams? No, I don't like, think where so. Where does he go? I, don't... I think Red Bull might be the fit for him, but – So I think that there's a couple – I think Valtteri – the decision on Valtteri Bottas will be a domino effect in the driver market. Because right. Because – 
right now, the same same uh, how you know it was with Ricardo yeah. last season. It, it's going to be the same because there's a few spots that could open up. I don't think he's going to go back to Williams because Haas. Yes, you read think? my mind. <laughs> but we have that's where I was going to. <laughs> what about uh, Alex Rossi? Alex Rossi, I know the poor guy. I'd like to see him in there, so but I, mean, I don't Pagino think Pagano was at the race. Yes, today, yeah, I, didn't see that. Flag. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think that I th- I think that's the only real opening that's there, other than Red Bull, like we said. Um, but yeah, I think Red Bull would try to bring in a Red Bull driver into their team rather than try to go out. But here's the thing that you know. Crofty and, and Brundle said on the broadcast about Roman Grosjean. If he didn't realize and say, listen, guys, let's go back to the Australia spec, mm-hmm. Haas car, and see if it was faster because things were great at the beginning of the season, and it's faster than their, their car right now, he could have saved Haas millions and millions and millions of dollars by going down the wrong development direction and saving their ass. You have to think that into consideration as well. An experienced driver that knows how to develop a car mm-hmm. is very, very important in a team. And That's I true. think that it might play a factor into Haas because you could say he's he saved Haas from complete embarrassment. Yeah, there's an argument for that for sure. I think, though, you have to look at his performances dating back to last season for example and at some points earlier this year he's had uh, he's had some bad luck this year yeah. mm-hmm. mechanical failure wise but last year he made a lot of mistakes and a lot of silly mistakes um so i think that for gunter steiner's health for, mm-hmm. for his sake for his <laughs> he's, he's gonna get roman grosjean booted out of house yeah but i think valtteri would be perfect there because valtteri's got a lot of experience now working in a world championship team so you bring that over yeah. to haas and he'll be able to do that just fine the same way with grosjean i just think that they have to – you can't go back to the same driver lineup, in my opinion, if you're Haas, because it's not going anywhere. No. Yeah. And you've Fair. given both – like I said, Kevin Magnussen, I think, is safe. You've given Grosjean a chance. He hasn't – he's done a little bit better than 2018, but he hasn't flourished just yet. So that's another option. I mean, they were the only team not to change the driver lineup other than uh, Mercedes from last yeah, year. So. Right. I mean, I could see a I could see a change coming into them, especially with their perform, them not performing at all this year, really. So yeah, Ninth in the I'd agree. Constructors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting because yeah, Red Bull is another one that I thought of too. If mm-hmm. Red Bull want to go outside of the family, um, they've indicated they're going to keep Pierre Gasly until the end of the season. Now, <laughs> you know, from the last couple of races, that's hard for me to believe, but I just think that they they don't have any other options at this point. No, no, they don't. I don't think Kvyat, they don't want to go down that road again. Albon, again, way too early for him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I we're just going to wait to see what happens with Valtteri because I think that will decide a lot for next season. I think so, too. But um, we'll So that was the first lap of the race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which, by the way, Esteban Ocon was probably grinning ear to ear oh, he was oh, yeah. losing after lap mind. one. <laughs> He's probably doing donuts himself <laughs> in the Mercedes again. So yeah, uh, after lap one, we had obviously, we, which is weird because they they replayed like the race start, like within the second lap or something like that, which I found odd. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, that really set Valtteri out of position. He had to make the early pit stop, and that was kind of race over for him at that point. Yeah. And Lewis and Max they continued on with the battle, and it was an interesting interesting battle for sure. Um, I just wrote down the other yeah. Pierre Gasly, who I wanted to mention, who lost three places on the beginning of lap one, dropped all the way down to P9. 
And we were just talking earlier about the whole teammate situation. What a difference it would be for Verstappen and Red Bull at the Hungarian Grand Prix had they had that second driver in contention in that top five. 100%. Mm-hmm. That really would have helped Max a lot in order to fend off Lewis Hamilton. Vice versa, probably. Well, it probably would have been third if Bottas was out, right? Like, you would have had that driver up in third, mm-hmm. pressuring Hamilton. So, if you, you know, pull the undercut, then Hamilton has to react, then Verstappen has has room to wiggle. So Yeah, he's safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I so, I, it just gets back to what we were saying before, where I kind of feel like they got to make a decision because it's, it's hurting the team at this point. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, literally, he's racing Alfa Romeos, which is... <laughs> Not well, I think. Yeah, no, not well either. <laughs> he didn't even pass Raikkonen. Yeah, no. exactly. So. Did he pass Raikkonen? No. no. No, he didn't. Who came sixth? No, wait. No, he did. Guys, he oh, did, yes, he did he come did. sixth, and he then Kimi was sixth. Sorry, uh, Pierre. Yeah. 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 You're shitting on Pierre here. He couldn't pass signs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it took him a while to pass Kimi and Lando and those. So, uh, Anyway, but another battle that I wanted to highlight before we get to Max and Lewis is the Toro Rossos. How great oh, was that? Awesome racing. Yeah. Nerve-wracking was that, though? <laughs> awesome racing. Um, exactly what you want to see out of F1. Just right on the limit, respecting, knowing that they're teammates as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, respecting, giving each other room. And uh, in the end, it was Kvyat's right to take the line he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, Albon had to go wide. Didn't go out, have to go as wide as he needed to, but I think he was just being safe. Um, but Kvyat was going to pass him no matter what. So I, I was okay with that battle. And uh, great racing from those two guys. Showing what you can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a, a CV, you know, you put that in your highlight reel. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I can ra- ra- race within the limits. Uh, I will not knock my teammate out of yeah, the race. <laughs> I will not crash my teammate. Yeah, t- no torpedo anymore. No, no, I think we might have to retire that nickname. We'll call yeah. him Father now. Father. <laughs> Father a, Daniel. He, he is a new dad, so yeah. congrats to Daniel. But is there a, is there a, a, a Daniel that's a saint? Is, there, is that a thing? I'm Probably. Not, not, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I can't keep up with that stuff. We'll see. <laughs> if he gets that Red Bull seat, we'll give him a new Saint nickname. St. Daniel, yeah. But another thing that showed his maturity too, right, is not tapping into that old torpedo style and yep. punting mm-hmm. Alvin off the track because it was very close. I mean, it was literally millimeters, mm-hmm. especially in turn four. So unfortunate that his race unfolded the way it did with strategy because he ended up P15 while his teammate scored one point in 10th. I, I think that he, he, like I said, he passed Albon at that point. So he should have been on for a points finish, but just some bad strategy sent him down down the grid. So, yeah, I mean, coming off the high of that podium, not the best finish for, for him and the team. But at the end of the day, Toro Rosso was still sitting pretty good in the constructor standings yeah, heading mm-hmm. into the summer break. So. That third place helped a lot. Yeah, I think it did. <laughs> it leaped them ahead of Renault, which... Renault's going to be losing their minds. Yeah, we'll get to... I got a couple things on Renault, too, uh, a little bit later on. So, But I, I really enjoyed that that midfield battle. I'm glad that they showed that on uh, on the broadcast. Um, so getting to Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, like we mentioned before, it was a great battle all the way throughout the race, but let's talk about the strategy call that really changed the entire outcome of the race. And I believe it was after the first round of pit stops where Hamilton, correct me if I'm wrong, it might've been the second one, but Verstappen came out ahead of Hamilton and he had like a three or four second gap. It was six seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And then at one point they just like cut to Hamilton on Verstappen's gearbox. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, I do. But, like, it's tough for us because in Canada we have commercials that, like, pop in. It happened at a, yeah. So it happened during a commercial. So, like, you come back kind of and we're like, whoa, hold on here. Hamilton's within, like, a second of mm-hmm. Verstappen. And you're like, what happened? Yeah. Like, we was only gone for two minutes, like maybe two laps. Um, 
but yeah, no, it was the first pit stop round, and I was like, holy crap, you know, he just kind of. But the problem was that he used all his tires right, kind of then and there in the la- in that first five, ten laps, which ended up working for him because it made Verstappen push his tires, which yeah. fell off at the end, which you know let him get back on you know doing the two stop, which ended up being the fastest way around. You know, I'm sure more teams are now kicking themselves they didn't do a two stop. Right, it's true. Well, I meant Red Bull really had that opportunity if they made the call right away to switch Max on his tires. That he was exactly, I think, twenty point two seconds or something behind. Uh, sorry, ahead of Lewis Hamilton. If they made that call right away, we could have still seen Max fighting for uh, number one there. The but problem is, though, if you're in first place, you don't give up that track position, right? Because then you're it's seeing, true. You're saying to Lewis, "Okay, Lewis, stay out." They had six laps fresher hards. Mm-hmm. Probably could have made it to the end because Verstappen probably. Was what five laps short, just about. So you could see Max or sorry Hamilton take it all the way. Mm-hmm. I think it just. It, you, I don't. Well, think you Max can make ended that up call. also sending setting fastest uh, fastest lap in like the last three laps of the race. If yeah. he w- if he was carrying the same pace, even faster than Lewis Hamilton, you don't think he would have still kept the number one position? I just don't think you make that call coming out of first to like to pit and go he would have he would have still been in second. He wouldn't have been, like, it's not like he would have dropped down to, like, fifth or sixth. I know, but I don't know. I don't think he can make no? that call. Okay. No, I, it's it difficult, right? Breaking yeah. I mean, everybody's saying right hindsight after the race, easy yeah. to say. But I think I, I had an initial reaction to, to what Shaker's saying, which is, like, well, they should have just pit anyway. But I think looking back on it, they were sort of handcuffed into their strategy, mm-hmm. and they went with the conservative, safe strategy, which yeah. was we have first place. Let's just play it out and hope that we can hang on until the end. Mm-hmm. And they were hoping that maybe Lewis gets stuck in some traffic. He makes a mistake. And I, I think I'd have to agree with Tyler to say that okay. when you're first, you don't want to give up track position because you don't know what could happen, right? Yeah. And I think that for Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton, brilliant strategy call because they're Very, looking yeah. at it saying, hey, listen, worst case, we end up P2. You know, if we botch the pit stop, we'll still be second, but we won't be in for the fighting chance of the win, but mm-hmm. we'll still finish second. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think after the race, they, they maybe could have, mm-hmm. and, and Max would have been on Lewis's tail toward the end of the race, but I think after the race, it's very easy to say that they should have done this or should have done that. I think ultimately what it showed is that Mercedes had much better race pace than Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the fact that Max was struggling with tires, I still think that Mercedes just had a superior car on race day, which is why they they were able to get the win. And not to mention the fact that Lewis Hamilton drove like 22 perfect laps yeah. to, to get the race win. Yeah, yeah that's true. Like, he didn't make any mistakes. No mistakes whatsoever, yeah. Funneled through all the traffic perfectly and then you know pulled off a good overtake on, on Verstappen. So, yeah, at the end of the day, it was difficult. I know all the Dutchies out there will be very disappointed when they saw Hamilton <laughs> overtaking Verstappen, but... Yeah, it was close. I, I thought he was going to end up doing it, but... Well, at first, I was like, he was only getting about a second a lap, and I was like, you know, it, he's it was be tight. Two, three, he's going to be three seconds short, like he's not going to get there. But then Max's tires just fell right off the cliff. I think it was and the last, like, what, 12 laps or something? That yeah. Might, yeah, it just was not happening for him. So, at that point, it was like, all right, well, like, yeah. <laughs> the inevitable is <laughs> happening here now, so... I guess I was surprised that Mercedes rolled the dice... And Red Bull didn't. Yeah. Because Red Bull... Usually it's the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, Red Bull really doesn't have much to lose. And I guess to Shaker's point, yeah, I mean, they would have had second place, right? That's just a, yeah. why not just roll the dice, pit him the lap after, put him on some softs or some medians, and 
give him i mean they gave him full engine power to set the fastest mm-hmm. lap and when he was defending so why not just roll the dice and see what happens but uh, yeah i was i guess i was a little bit surprised that they went safe on their strategy but at the time i think they thought it was the right move and yeah it's tough when you're giving up p1 not many teams are just going to give up p1 like that mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah but all in all i think that mercedes just made the right call 100 percent. great strategy one of the best strategy calls of the year still yeah. not as good as uh lance stroll from last week but uh, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant the racing point. <laughs> led the yeah. led the race for about three Two seconds. corners. <laughs> <laughs> but that was fun. That was fun to see. Um, so yeah, any any other comments on that strategy call? No, I think no. it was a perfect one. Yeah, really good, really good call in general. I, I did want to make the point, or, or I guess ask the questions to you guys, and maybe Tyler, you remember more than than Shaker did because you just started watching F1 recently, but. We've seen Verstappen and Hamilton now battle out on track in the last couple of races. We saw it a little bit in 2018. Are we seeing a new version now of Alonso versus Schumacher? Because the rivalry is somewhat similar. You've got Lewis, who's 34, multiple-time world champion, sort of on his way out of the sport, versus the new young gun in Max Verstappen coming in. Extremely talented, already a race winner, similar to how Alonso was. And we remember back to 05 and 06, even at the end of 04, they had a lot of similar amazing on-track battles. One here at Hungary, at Imola. So are we kind of seeing a new version of this? Are we going to get to see those battles for world championships possibly in 2020? Yeah, I think that's that's probably the right comparison. Um, I mean, you could say the same thing with Sebastian Vettel coming into the sport too. He was a race winner in Toro Rosso. <laughs> um, but uh, coming in and challenging for world championships so and against... Uh, I guess there wasn't really as many consistent world champions at that point in the in the lineup when when Vettel. So maybe yeah, the right comparison would be Alonso and Schumacher. But uh, it's tough. It's tough because Schumacher it, is Hamilton at the Schumacher iconic level yet. I mean, he's breaking all his records, so probably it's ten race victories away from. Equaling his uh, all-time, I think record. once he gets that, he's yeah, he's pretty he much is up the best there. of all yeah. time. Yeah, I mean it's hard to. I mean everybody will obviously have their personal favorites, but statistically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he'll probably broken every the, record there is to break. Really, yeah. yeah. Will he Everyone break seven world titles? Yeah. I mean, probably. Very close. He'll have six at the end of this yeah. year. Yeah, I mean you could see it, um, but but I'm just thinking in terms of like when we saw, it, it could happen very similarly because you remember the end of 2004 the Ferrari domination ended and here come Renault with new kid Fernando Alonso and okay Ferrari's car wasn't as competitive as it was in the four years of domination but they were still battling out for the world champion and then we had Alonso win two straight world championships Renault win the constructors championship we could sort of see a similar rivalry play out now with Mercedes and Red Bull where Mercedes's domination is possibly ending at the end of this year, although we did think that in 2018. <laughs> we did, yeah. Got that wrong. We could see the new kid, Max Verstappen, come and challenge the old guard of Lewis Hamilton and Red Bull go ahead against Mercedes. So I, I just I was thinking about that as I was seeing them battle it out on, on mm-hmm. the racetrack. It's like, I've seen this before. Yeah. You know, we've sort of seen similar rivalries before, but I think that it could be very exciting because we look back now, 10, 12 years ago, at those Alonso-Schumacher battles as this sort of changing of the guard. And we heard a lot of that talk after this race of how Mm -hmm. it is a changing of the guard with Verstappen coming through. And although Hamilton is still the world champion at this point and a very formidable opponent, 
I'd be, I'd love to see those two go at it in the next couple of years, if possible. If yeah, if it's, both teams if they're are both still the there. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, and I think we could see a lot of that the rest of this year and into next year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, depending on off-season upgrades and rule changes or whatever yeah. you see, but uh, yeah, I could see, I could see that's a good comparison. And it should be fun. I mean, they got they got a lot of respect between each other now. Will that change? Probably, uh, if things get tighter and things get more fierce. If someone crashes someone out, then you'll start to see. That's what, crea- that's well, what creates the rivalries, right? Did you guys see Lewis Hamilton's interview for uh, interview after the race? Yeah, I was going to mention uh, that. Did yeah. we s- the press conference. Yeah. Was, no, yeah, no, no, not the press conference. Oh, okay. It was uh, it was in the paddock where uh, he w- they were asking. It's like, do you is there any reason you didn't push as hard as you should have against Max Verstappen? He's like. I just didn't want to get hit. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. He's like, I just like there would have been. I basically tried to give him as much space as possible, and then he's like, and he's like, there were some instances where I held back where I shouldn't have, but it was Max, so I just did it. And he's like, mm-hmm. I could have given it a little bit more to get past him the first time around. I was like, oh, okay. He still. He knows. Yeah. He, he remembers. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it, he just knows that Max is going to get his elbows out. Yeah. Right. So. Um, I, I I was seeing the, I think I retweeted it. The press conference was, they were like so respectful between Vettel and and Verstappen. Like it was, it was really cool to see because they were joking about, well not joking, but they were talking about like Vettel's having another child and Mm -hmm. they were talking about, one of my favorite parts was they were talking about Alonzo coming back Mm -hmm. because Alonzo had tweeted out, oh, like what a great battle between Verstappen and Hamilton. And he said like some good things. And they were asking, like, oh, like, would you want him back in F1 or something like that? And I think um, Max at one point was, like, to Lewis, he's like, oh, you should ask Toto because, you know, there's, like, a seat open. And Lewis is like, Valtteri's been great. He's like, he's won races. I think that the seat's open for you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, ooh, ouch. That, that's a little jab at Pierre Gasly. Well, well, now you raise the point. If Alonso does come back, does he get a seat at Mercedes? Does he get a seat at Red Bull? Is well, that an option? Vettel then made the point uh, about the Red Bull thing. He's like, I don't think Japan will be happy with that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's true. That's true. I think we can uh, cross them off the list uh, on yeah, that I one. guess he wouldn't go back to Honda, eh? No. That's, so, there's an example of no. burning bridges that you're standing on, right? <laughs> yeah. So maybe it is Mercedes and Ocon gets screwed for the second straight year. Oh, could you imagine? Maybe he goes to Red Bull. He's sick of it. Goes yeah, to Red Bull. We've said that before, right? I don't think so. <laughs> Do you, guys, do you guys Silly not remember season. Brazil? What? No. Brazil of last year. <laughs> Again, I, as I said, it was, it was, that was Max's Long fault. Long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that was, Max's, that was Max's fault. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> well, we've also said Renault too, right? If Hulk, Crazy silly season, right? If Hulkenberg were to move to Red Bull, Hulkan yeah. moved to... He can move. But, well, or Alonso comes back to Renault. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> man. So. There's so much. It's confusing. Ah, silly season. And it's gotten to the point now where people online are just posting their opinions. They're like, oh, I heard rumors that – Yeah. I, like, look, I heard a crazy one where somebody's like, I've heard rumors that Ricardo's going to go back to Red Bull and Gasly to Renault. And I was like – Well, that's just silly. That's, that's, just, that's an opinion, yeah. not a yeah. rumor. I'm pretty yeah. sure Ricardo's <laughs> Those guaranteed are... for next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in writing. So Yeah. But that, that's me. He's getting paid bank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, – well, actually, speaking of Ricardo, I, I did mention we talked about it earlier the battle between him and Magnussen. Him and Magnussen, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get your opinion on what did you think of Magnussen's defending, <laughs> the, the swerving, hard racing. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I think there Make was a pass. I, I'm fine with it, but it was a little bit aggressive. It was aggressive, but it's Magnussen. It's, yeah, it's going to be aggressive. Yeah, Magnussen doesn't care. 
And that's been known throughout the season. I'm sure Hulkenberg gave him a stern warning, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's 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 known for Magnuson, same as it's known for Max. So you have to be very strategic with your passes. And, yeah. you know, we see Daniel as the overtaking magician, but uh, maybe he's met his match in terms of the defending magician in, in Kevin Magnuson. Well, Ricardo yeah, really appreciated point. Magnuson's driving. He gave him a very nice hand gesture at the yeah, end of the race. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he gave him the number one sign. Yeah, he's, he's like, like hey, you're Magnuson, the best. you were a number one, man. <laughs> you were the, <laughs> the best defender. <laughs> I didn't know. I want to see this. I haven't seen this. Oh, at all. you haven't seen it? No, oh, it's yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> see, just the amount of things that we miss on the broadcast, right? It's but well, yeah. they they completely showed it. They didn't even blur it out on the F one site. Oh yeah. On well, the, I mean, why would you blur it out? It's it's a very positive. You know, it sort is. of hand gesture. Yeah, it or is. you're saying, great job. Great work. P1. <laughs> P1, <laughs> Kevin, P1. That's um, great. Why don't we put K-Mag at Renault with Nico Hulkenberg? <laughs> <laughs> that would be an interesting uh, That would be very up. fun. And Ocon and Max at Red Bull. Fernando and Lewis at Mercedes. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, there we go. That'd be, be yeah. crazy. Your 2020 World Champions would be Ferrari because everyone just crashed. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Alfa Romeo, for a second. Um, can we... Oh. You falling down here? My you mic's could. falling down. Um, can we talk about the Ferrari battle at the end? Why? Was that really a battle? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was good racing from the two It was good overtake. It was good overtake. But I don't know. I think Charles Leclerc was just, out of all, like tire weight in his tire. He had no chance to was really Was Ferrari keep. even in the same race? <laughs> they were, surprisingly. I don't know. I thought it was. They were actually uh, a, a key battle. A full minute behind. It oh, was closer than I thought. Yeah, they were. Well, they were sixty-one seconds behind Max Verstappen, and then Max Verstappen was seventeen seconds behind Lewis Hamilton. So that's a full lap. It was much. a pole position. Oh, sorry, podium position. Yeah, that this pass was for. We do have to remember. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's I've, fine. You know, it's just that Max and Lewis was just so much more exciting. Well, that you I just know, forgot about Ferrari. The little things. No, like I, I think said, Vettel still had a good race. I just, I think towards the end, like I said, I don't think Charlotte Claire could really do anything to defend his position. It was the same thing that Max, same position that Max was right. in. It was all tire wear as much as he tried. And I, I think that's where it's even at the, in the Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen thing, I think Max realized he, there was nothing he could do. Yeah. That's why he kind of just went over to the side. I found even in the out overtake, there was no real. He, he tried to fight it off, but there was just nothing he could do. Yeah, Le- legend has it that Max is still telling his race engineer he has no grip. <laughs> no grip. I have no grip. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you again. I have no grip. <laughs> Max, we've understood. <laughs> <laughs> there was like three of those yeah. messages. I was like, is that a code or something? <laughs> yeah, I actually have grip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, nonetheless, I guess for Ferrari, when you look at it. They were supposed to be the third best team this weekend, and they ended up on a podium, whereas probably Valtteri should have been on the podium. So yeah, probably. Yeah, from that. Uh, that standpoint, was what my race prediction was. It yeah. was Lewis first, Max second, Valtteri third. Mm-hmm. So Pretty I think close. you had yours. Yours was similar, right? I think I had Max first. Oh yeah, yeah, Max first. So like, yeah. right there, pretty much. Um, it, I think it was pretty much drawn up. That's how it was supposed to be, barring an incident and. Baltas got that incident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess finishing P3, especially for Vettel, is very good heading into the break. Yeah. yeah. All, all the sort of issues that he had leading up to this race that not none of his fault were qualifying issues, uh, things like that. 
to be able to finish P2 in a great race in Germany and then mm-hmm. another P3 here is at least a positive for Ferrari. Two straight podiums. And he was even saying that he's feeling much more comfortable in the car than he did at the beginning of the race, yeah. beginning of the year. So I mean, in qualifying, he was setting, he had the fastest first sector and then obviously the car just falls apart in the, the technical mm-hmm. bits. So, yeah, I mean, I think this the summer break is going to be good for Ferrari and maybe they can reassess and have some strong races right after the break. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see. We'll see where they go. Um, I wanted to just quickly touch on Daniel Ricciardo. I think we mentioned this maybe before the uh, German Grand Prix uh, about the sort of legal battle that he's undergoing now with his former manager or advisor. I don't know what the exact title is. Did you guys hear about this? No. So if you remember in the Netflix series, Glenn Beavis, the bald guy who was with Ricciardo, they were kind of talking about contract. Yeah. That was his manager or advisor for since 2012 Mm -hmm. um, when Ricciardo first entered F1. And Glenn Beavis has filed a sort of this whole legal proceeding saying that Ricardo owes him over like 10 million euros in sort of unpaid dues. Um, So I was reading into this and it just gets back to his contract situation with Renault because he's saying that he owes him around 10 million euros. Um, And that's about the reason why is because he wanted 20% commission off of the deal that they made with Renault. Ricardo's saying that that deal was never in place. Like there was never any agreement that I'm going to give you 20% Mm -hmm. off of contracts, you know, bonuses, that type of thing. He just sort of gave him like a monthly pay for his services. Right. And then every sort of sponsorship deal, he would maybe give him 10, 20% of that. Right. um, Up up to his discretion. But according to Ricardo, there was never a set deal in place to say that, okay, you're going to get 20% of my F1 earnings. So that's why this whole dispute is going on. But anyways, it was interesting because his manager is claiming that he's the one responsible for the Renault deal, saying that he you know, was talking with Renault back in 2017. Ricardo says that's not true. It happened in 2018, and it was more his dad that sort of pushed him in that direction. But it's interesting because if he wants sort of that commission from the contract, I was reading that that Renault contract is probably around 20 million euros then because it's about half of what this guy is asking for. So it's interesting that Renault paid around 20 million euros which i don't know how much that is in dollars probably around 25 26 million. yeah close to 30 yeah. million which is a lot yeah. of money i mean that's at the top tier of yeah for F1 sure. pays so it's interesting that Renault is paying that much for daniel ricardo and they're not getting much in return not not really the fault of daniel ricardo right it, it, it's more the car but getting back to that crazy rumor of him going back to Red Bull, but <laughs> is Renault going to look at the whole Daniel Ricciardo situation and say, like, is it worth paying this much money when we're not even fighting at the top? And if you're Daniel Ricciardo, are you looking at this going, I think I made the wrong decision? Well, I probably made the wrong decision, um, but... I don't think Renault could blame Daniel Ricciardo. No, <laughs> no. I, I mean, he hasn't really done much no. wrong. Yeah. No, well, he's had a car that's not that great. So, no, exactly. Um, Renault need to figure it out in the, in the factory because they want to be challenging the top three and be part, make it a top four. Yeah. When they can't even pass, you know, a force or, or sorry, a racing point. Yeah. So. And I think uh, even Toro Rosso is ahead of them in the constructors, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. No, Toro Rosso is ahead. Um, it's McLaren, Toro Rosso, William, uh, not Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Rhino. Rhino, yeah. Yep. That's that's bad. Yeah. They they've had a horrible Not season. Not by much, but yeah, they're ahead. They're up uh they're Toro Rosso has forty three, Renault has thirty Because we said in in the beginning of the year too, right, is that Ricardo could look like a genius if it turned out like a Hamilton moved to Mercedes, but 
I looked it up, and in 2013, when Hamilton made his move to Mercedes, Mercedes won three races that year and got eight poles. Renault don't even have a top five finish this year. Yeah, yeah. They've been absolutely brutal. A race like Germany, for example, where they could have been on for a podium. Hulkenberg binned it in the wall again. Ricardo had a failure. So these smaller teams like even Alfa Romeo are getting some better results. And McLaren, who they're supposed to be competing with, they have the same engine yeah. for Christ's yeah. sake. And they're doing such a poor job. And apparently they have all this money to spend. And I guess Christian Horner was right when he was joking in the Netflix series when he's like, you're going you're gonna to have enough money to spend on your car after paying your driver? So he knew what it's was true, up. true, yeah. He knew how much money, how much the deal was overall, right? Yeah. Because so he probably knew what Red Bull was offering as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. yeah, it's a good point. So I think he Red Bull's laughing now. And oh. The thing with Honda's worked out very well this season, so. It's kind of hilarious how well Honda's worked out, right? <laughs> yeah. Compared to what it was with McLaren and just, if, you know, you find the right fit and the right people. And to work with, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it was just funny to kind of bring up because it was this time last year where he roughly made his decision yeah. and, and kind of shocked the whole F1 world. And so he dove into the ocean and <laughs> made his decision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> if you haven't watched the F1 series. Yeah. yeah. That was a bit anticlimactic, honestly. I was hoping for, like, I could get the phone call between him and Christian Horner. I was hoping, you know, Christian Horner and Cyril. 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 Start fist fighting. Brawl. It would have been fun. They, been yeah, fun. that was pretty. That was pretty testy last year. Um, all right, did we miss anything else from the race? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we covered pretty. We, much. You only had the one retirement in Grosjean, right? Um, yeah. and that was it. No yeah. crashes. Yeah, let us know what you thought of the Hungarian Grand Prix. I think we were talking before the show started. Probably out of the last four really exciting races, maybe third ranked, or fourth. Yeah, third or fourth. But nonetheless, it was still good. And, good race, and we still enjoyed it. And obviously, we got the great. Verstappen Hamilton battle, which everybody is talking about post race, so that was great. Yeah, um, let us know your thoughts on the Grand Prix down below, and uh, any discussing points from what we discussed here already yeah. today. Um, I want to give a quick shout out in the F two Championship, Nicholas Latifi winning the first race uh, in Hungary, and Mick Schumacher first winning yep. the sprint race. Uh, Schumacher is back on top of the podium. Yeah, he is. Uh, have those races PVR? Haven't watched them yet, but uh, already knew the outcome, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how it plays down and goes down. Uh, so I'll be watching those. Yeah, he's had a bit of a rocky start to his F2 career, but sort of been getting it together the last couple weekends. And yeah, it's great to see Mick on the podium or in first place again, sort of blazing his own trail in the yeah. sport and. Yeah, it's interesting to see another Schumacher on the top of the step of yeah. the podium. And, uh, yeah, I think we talked before just, like, the similarities between him and his dad. It's pretty crazy. So, yeah, I think that about does it for everything in the Hungarian Grand Prix. So, yeah, we are at the summer break. Uh, we are, what is that, 11 races down? I think so. Time to go. Yeah, so the season's kind of uh, on its way to wrapping up now. And it would have been interesting, I think, if Max would have won this race. Let's say Lewis wouldn't have finished in the points. I think it might have been interesting second half of the season, championship-wise. I think that it is over for the most part. Lewis is going to be world champion unless something catastrophic happens. Um, I think the battle now is going to be between Valtteri and Max for second, for the second. Yeah. And I think that will be a huge goal for Red Bull now to push ahead. There's and been 12 races. 12, okay. so well, nine. Yeah, so round 12 of 21. Um it's going to be a huge push at the Red Bull factory because if they can get second in the tramp championship this year, finishing head 
uh, both Ferraris and a Mercedes, I think would do really well for them. What you guys were talking about last week about possibly Red Bull can t- Ooh, I can't speak today. <laughs> Competing for the 2020 World Championship would, yeah. would be really good for them. It would be, and I think it's a goal that they can now see and probably achieve. And I saw. Uh, who knows with Ferrari, right? They could have a full new package next year, and <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully all three of them do, and yeah. we get a very close battle. Like hopefully everyone does. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, that's, that's a dream. better racing know. overall. Well, I, and Vettel even said in his post race that in his 10 years of F1, they've never found this sort of silver bullet of fixing things right away. So, I mean, we just talked about Renault. If there's no silver bullet, they're going to have a long way to go to get to even Red Bull or Ferrari status. So Ferrari, obviously this season is kind of a write-off. I think the goal now, if you're Ferrari, in my opinion, is you come out and you put everything to win your home race. Oh, 100%. First and second place, lock out the front row, finish like that. And at the very, at the very least, you win your home race. They always have bad luck in Monza. They do. They have the last <laughs> couple of years. So, it's it's a couple of good tracks for them. Belgian Grand Prix first, yeah, um, which is also another good track for them. Yeah, uh, it's a good track for everyone. There's a lot of everything in that, in that, uh, in that racetrack. It's one of my favorites of the year. Yeah, Spa. and it seems like the field has. I mean, at least in the top three, it's gotten a little bit closer. I mean, the whole field, everybody except I think Leclerc was lapped in this yeah. race so it's not like the field is closer but <laughs> at least red bull is fighting for victories now and hopefully ferrari can get their first win post summer break um it's been a year now since vettel has won a race obviously last year spa uh coming back after the summer break so at the very least if we can get post summer break multiple teams winning races red bull one race mercedes the next ferrari the next it'll be at least a good end to yeah. mm-hmm. this season because the last four races have certainly made up for the dismal start to the year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We had maybe like one exciting race. 100%. No real action. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so yeah, that should about do it for us. We've got our new Power Ranking series coming out in the next couple of days. So it's uh, just the Power Rankings as decided by the three of us. So we're not going by the F1 website. It is just our own opinion. So that'll be released in the next couple of days so you guys can get in your comments there, debate who you think should be in the top 10. I think we got a lot of drivers moving around the ranking system after the last couple of races. Yeah, we do. So that should be pretty exciting. Uh, we're closing in on 1,000. Yep. We're 11 away. 11 away. Yeah, 11 away. So thank you very much to everybody that's subscribed. If you're new, please hit that subscribe down below and get us to 1,000 during this summer break. We've also got our fan Q&A that's going to be going on in the middle of the summer break. We've got about 10 questions or so uh, that fans have already submitted. So get those in either in the comments below or hit us up on Twitter. Facebook, email, whatever you want. It could be anonymous. If you can include your name, it's up to you. Yeah. It'd yeah. be great to hear from the fans. Yeah. So we'll, we won't be that quiet during the summer break. We'll have those out, and uh, we could even maybe do kind of a mid-review while we're doing that one as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll have stuff. We'll that, something, yeah. Stuff that gets you through. Still a little taste in your mouth of F1. Yeah. It won't be that long. No, They're back weeks. on August 30th. So three weeks. Yeah. I think it's a deserved break for everybody in the uh, F1 community. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Good. That, that's yeah, good for me. Good for me. me yeah. Okay. All right. Have a good day, everyone. We'll see you uh, in the next couple of weeks.